so the other day I had a realization that like, wow, like that meant that I've walked through my entire life with a notion that just showing up as myself isn't enough. So um, right now what I'm currently working on um, unpacking and healing is just like this need for acceptance of others and this need to prove myself. Intimate, inspiring, raw, real. Self-love stripped down and amped up. Welcome to Bed Talks by Alice Cass with your hosts, Meg and Sabrina. So what can you expect from Bed Talks? By exposing ourselves and sharing our no-bullshit stories and everything we've learned along the way, we want to inspire you to stand in your worth and step into your feminine power so you can be confidently and unapologetically you. Bed Talks is fueled by our mission to highlight all facets of what it means to be a woman, letting go of ideals of perfectionism, embracing the struggles for the lessons they teach us, and celebrating our uniqueness while laughing and enjoying the wild ride together. Here's to breaking down the barriers, owning our journey, and having fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive deep. Danny Joe's divine storm struck when she was 23, unemployed, and pregnant. For most, that could be an overwhelming, scary situation, but we got to give her props because Danny saw it as an opportunity to step into alignment, pursue her passion, and launch her first business, Female Department. Over the last six years, Female Department allowed her to share her love of community building and connection. From clothing store to social platform, her business evolved alongside her own personal growth. She stepped into her power after shedding the self-limiting beliefs she developed as a young girl growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood. She's never let any obstacle get in her way and is in living proof of the power of faith, self-awareness, and a good support system. There's no small talk for Danny Joe. Listen to how her self-love journey fuels her mission to create social change and why we think she may just be the next Oprah. But before we get into the juicy stuff, we want to give a little shout out to our friends here at WRG, where we record our podcast, because without them, Bed Talks wouldn't be here. They're hosting this awesome three-day outdoor hockey festival in Montreal on January 24th to 26th called the WRG Classic. Leslie, the founder of WRG, has supported me and my work with Alice Cass since day one. We've collaborated on a ton of projects together, and I just love being part of their growth and seeing all the cool things they come up with throughout the years. I especially look forward to the classic, not only because it's for a good cause, but it's a really fun way to spend some time outdoors with friends in the winter. You get to enjoy live music, feast on treats by my fave cafe, September Surf, watch the cute boys and girls play hockey in their spiffy vintage outfits, and of course, it's the best excuse to wear your fanciest winter gear. They've got this amazing mission. It's a fundraiser working to bring hockey to underserved communities in Montreal, because guess what? That shit is expensive. <laughs> They're expecting their biggest addition yet. Throw on your long johns and come kick it with some really great people and great vibes. Plus, it's January in Montreal. Like, what else are you going to do? So that's wrgclassic.com. You get a vibe of the experience. Go check out their videos. You can sign up to be a player. And it's at Park Vinay, steps away from Lionel Gru Metro, Friday to Sunday. Now for our episode. Enjoy. Well, welcome, Danny Joe. 
It's really nice to meet you. So Sabrina knows you from a variety of events and communities. From five years ago, we met at yeah. a Yes Entrepreneurship <gasps> Workshop before yes. we both started our businesses. Literally. Yeah. Yes. Literally. Yeah. What a journey. I know. It's been crazy. <laughs> That's what we were saying. Our businesses and our like professional, personal life path have been, spiritual have been like side by side for so long. Literally. Yeah. Since like the beginning. Since yep. before we. Since the beginning. Yeah. So tell, take us back five years ago when you guys met, you know, in terms of your business, your where you were at in life versus now, what's a little bit of, of that journey? Who were you there? What were you focused on in terms of your mission, your business goals, and then take us to where you are now? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Five years ago, I had just had my child. So... Um, I mean, long story short, I kind of launched Female Department um, as a response to like a life curb I was going through. Mm. So I was 23, unemployed, pregnant, um, and really kind of questioning my sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, and so kind of decided, you know what, it's kind of now or never. When, I'm, when else am I going to have nine months lying in bed and um, a year off to kind of devote fully but to myself. Like, I need to just pause because <laughs> most people's train of thought would not go, especially as a 23-year-old, yeah. 23-year-old pregnant and thinking, okay, now is my time to like, you know, slay. Yeah. Most people would probably be a little panicked, a mm-hmm. little overwhelmed. So like kudos to you for Thanks. just even being able to see how that was an opportunity for some kind of personal, professional growth. Thank you. That's huge. I owe that. I owe that to two things. One, um, my mother and my parents in general, who instilled a really strong spiritual foundation in Mm -hmm. me as a young, as a young kid. And just this notion of faith and understanding that, you know, this too shall pass. And then, um, I always tell this story. So whoever listens to this and whoever heard me (laughs) speak in the past and be like, yes, we know. (laughs) It will be more like, yes, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but I was, I remember a few months before I found out I was pregnant, I was watching, um, Super Soul Sunday. So at the time, Super Soul Conversations was a TV show every Sunday and like it replaced my church. Um, so I watched it religiously and, um, on that show was obviously Oprah and there was Gabrielle Bernstein. Mm -hmm. There was Mastin Kip and I think there was Chris Carr. There was four life coaches. Yeah. And each of them was dis- were describing um, what Oprah coins as a divine storm, which is essentially the notion that right before you step into your purpose, your life as you know it completely falls apart because it's creating space and room um, for God to align you with what you should really be doing. Um, So it looks from the outside like you're literally falling apart, and which was very much the case with me at the time in retrospect. I was pregnant, I was unemployed. I um, thought I was gonna be in human resources. I thought my life was gonna be completely different. And um, I had had a, a aha moment once when I was lying in bed and I was like, holy shit, I think this is my divine storm this is my divine storm. That means that I'm supposed to be doing something. That means that I'm right, like I'm close to my purpose. 
So I owe my um, level of self-awareness at that point to those two things. That's huge. I almost like... And I, I have, have chills. chills. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, but to even to recognize that and be able to jump in at that age is is really incredible. I feel like at twenty three, like <laughs> I was not that self aware, you know. So yeah, that's thank that's you. really awesome. Yeah. So that comes. So now you have nine months. Mm-hmm. During that, those nine months, you know, embracing this opportunity, seeing it as an opportunity for you. Were you? Did you have to change your life circumstances in terms of where you lived or your family support? Like, yeah, what was that? Um, I'm very fortunate to not have to. So my parents and my family were able to support me during that time. So I yeah. was able to maintain um, quite a privileged life. Um, what did have to change, uh, and fairly quickly, was my own self really and my um willingness to overcome these barriers that i um had within me to grow a business to kind of pave my own path and i think that's always the hardest thing to overcome really so um yeah i'd say those are my 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 outside reality didn't didn't have to didn't change that much, but mm-hmm. internally I completely had to switch, mm-hmm. and I also falsely had this belief that like I had nine months to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had nine months to figure out everything that I needed to do for the rest of my life and what I didn't figure out for the past twenty three years. Right. So okay. yeah. And so then you welcomed your son, mm-hmm. and what's his name? His name is Emmanuel Isaiah. Beautiful. Yeah. And did you know that it was going to be a boy before you gave birth? No, I was convinced it would be a girl, actually. For like (laughs) the first six months. I didn't even like, I I literally didn't even go to my first um, echography because I was so sick. And um, I was like, it's okay. I know it's a girl. So when I had my second one at six months, I was like, can you... (laughs) You check again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just check one more time. And she's like, "No, he's very obviously a boy." Oh my god! <laughs> what a boy! Um, so now, how did that? Did was there like a moment shift in terms of giving birth and feeling like a different person with a different mission, or did you, you know, was there a time of struggle postpartum anything or did you adapt to that role more easily than you thought I mean I feel like no matter what kind of expectations you have like I have no idea because I have not had a baby yeah so I'm just always so curious about the expectations versus the reality of yeah well especially doing the while launching a business like how did you manage those two things and your personal growth like that's like three big yeah I mean um I think the reality is that I didn't I and I didn't do it I mean I don't want to say I didn't do it well because I I really try to have compassion with 23 year old (laughs) me um but the reality is that I I had no idea what to expect um, but I was really well supported and I think it was the first time in my life and I always say that this was life's way of kind of humbling me because before that um, I didn't know how to ask for help or accept help and I kind of had like this superwoman cape on and I was like oh, I could do it all independent woman get my money blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then life was like, bitch, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) You carry this baby Uh. for nine months and get sick 
so you can learn to fucking ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really the first time that um, I realized that, like, woo, I don't know how to do this. Um, and I'm open to receiving help, both mm-hmm. from my loved ones, um, from strangers. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of willing to learn how yeah. to do it. And then in terms of how I managed with, you know, female department and that is that I really would like, I'm not even joking, would breastfeed him and I'd have my computer and just like type with one hand. King warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And um, I was living with my partner at the time and he was, he was my partner, like literally in in life and in female department. So we were just kind of both like figuring shit out and just like, working and then when we were tired his parents would take over or my mom would take over and um I had to like network so I needed to like leave at night see like meeting you back then I would have no idea that you were going through this Mm -hmm. like we were just at the same entrepreneurship event we were both launching our businesses we like somehow started chatting about something and like yeah I had no clue and I had a hard time launching a business alone you know and I didn't have a kid so that's crazy that you did that like it's it just shows you that you don't know what what other what anyone's going through right yeah also Um, that like you know when they say like being strong you only know how strong you are and being strong is like the only option option you have like that's actually true people are like well how did you do it I'm like well how the fuck did you want me to do it I just fucking did it you can't plan you can't plan literally like yeah your your body it's amazing like your body literally just adapts your mind adapts and you're just like in survival mode not only for yourself but for your kid and you're just like I'll fucking figure it out dude is there something that you would have you would tell your younger self now in that position that you would have done differently um I definitely say to slow down and enjoy the process a little bit. So I'm super right now, I'm super intentional about the energy that I pour into my work because I strongly believe that it'll like seep into um, the universe. And that's how people, what I put into it is how people are going to receive it. And I think before I was very much like, I just like, okay, go, 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 go. And I would have told, I, I would tell myself to just like, woo take time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do it all, all the time. I literally was like, well, I need to launch by this date and then I need to go live by this date. And, and then successful I need to- driven people, you know, can be quite goal oriented mm-hmm. and, and Aries. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know about that. <laughs> Let's just say that. Here was two business <laughs> fires, Aries, for fires, sure. fires. <laughs> um, And so, it's hard. And we, we self-impose these deadlines and we're like, and no one knows, like, it doesn't really matter at the end of the not day. Not only but does no we, one know, no one actually gives a no, fuck. No, like no. And you're so hard on yourself. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. And I have to remind that myself that all the time. Even today, yeah. I'm just like, dude, nobody cares what you're yeah. doing. Like, I if, if I'm doing things, it really has to be for me. Exactly. And then the right people will get the message when they need it. And you can't force the reception as long as it's aligned with you and you're putting it out there. And I, I see that a lot in you. You know, you're very, I, I see you in alignment now, you know, and you just do the things that you want to be doing. Mm, thank you. And so, yeah, it's really nice to and see. And it, it brings you back to living a present life is when you're intentional about what you're doing at that moment mm-hmm. and you're not just thinking about the outcome. Yeah. Um, and so much value comes from the, that way of living. And so ironically, that's like, 
living that way is what how we get to our highest level yeah. of influence you know it's like it's by being super intentional and super conscious and super picky and, and our own like imprinting our own dna into everything that we do that we actually get to that level of success that we want <laughs> You know? So tell us a little more about female department. So it initially launched as an online store. So when I was going through like my soul searching three month pregnant self um, journey period, <laughs> um, I essentially kind of did like an inventory of my life skill mm. um, skills rather what I had experience in what I liked to do, what I believed in. And that came down to, Retail experience. So I had a lot of retail and fashion experience. And then I had a lot of, God bless my mom, who I always say this, put me into every single youth leadership and female young girl leadership program you could think of. That's incredible. It's incredible in retrospect, but like I didn't have a life. Like my friends were like, you're going where again? And I'm like, oh, to Boston for an art of living seminar. At 15, like, I'm not even joking. She would literally, like, be like, hello, you're going to Boston this weekend for an Art of Living seminar. I think that's so (laughs) fucking cool. Are you an only child? No, I'm the last of five. Uh, Girls are a mix. Four girls, one guy. And was she like this for everybody? just darling old me. You're the little prize child. No, I'm I'm the, like, you're the last, and I'm going to do it right. (laughs) (laughs) She had five, four tries. (laughs) And? I mean, it was a great job. Here you are. (laughs) Like, literally, now, in retrospect, she's like, Mm, I told you and I'm like I know I know but like I try explaining to my friends who were going to the movie theaters like I had sewing class on Saturday because I needed to learn how to sew you know like it just didn't make sense yeah but okay so yeah so you were driven through those activities yeah and and um my retail experience so I essentially boiled it down to like okay I love fashion I love leadership and like female um just like assertiveness because these were only the girl only groups that my mom would put me in so um, I launched Female Department as an online store, essentially, that would give back to different female causes every month. Um, and then that got to a point that, hap- that coincided with a lot of people asking if I had an online, if, if we had like a pop-up store, if like they could try on something. And I got to a point where I felt like that was a bit of a passive way to be involved. Like I've always wanted to be involved in community and give back to my community, but I didn't just want to donate um, so that's how I then launched Brunch in the City, um, which initially la- started off as like a pop-up store, not even a store, a pop-up space where I invited um, like one, two other um, female vendors. And then we had like a manicure station and a henna bar and mm. uh, mimosas and brunch. It was just like, okay, for, if I'm going to do a pop-up space, then I, it needs to be aligned with like the values of the, mm. of the platform. So that kind of took off on its own and it went from like a hundred people to 500. It was crazy. <laughs> I remember doing her events and this was when pop-up shops weren't so big. They like weren't. when we started, it was like, what's a pop-up shop? Literally. Everyone was freaking out about it. And so people used to go to them. Like yeah. it was crazy. And even like, like it was insane. Like the crowds they would have, I would go to her events and uh, with, with Alice Cass and, yeah. and sell my stuff. And there would be so many people. We'd be four girls. We'd, we'd be helping people. We'd be overwhelmed. And the crowd was always like, really awesome women mm-hmm. very like powerful like in their power um excited really yeah. into it was always like a good vibe energy. good energy yeah. and um 
Yeah, it was a different time. It's it not even that time. long ago, but it really does. And you guys did such a good job. I know like events are not easy Ooh. to organize, especially at that, at that capacity. Size. Oh my God. Oh. You guys always killed it though. Thank it was, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, through that, I, um, so that became like a business in and of itself because that was generating essentially the most funds we ever had. Um, so I put a lot of time and energy there. And then through that, I met my partner, not even through that, just like through Instagram and she was seeing what I was doing. And, um, I met Stephanie who a lot of, you know, or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, she came on board and we realized like, wow, okay, we do have like a growing community of women who are coming to us after these events and being like, okay, so what else do you guys do? And we're like, uh, we sell clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there, there was an obvious need and an obvious community growing there. And we just realized, you know what, like fashion's cool, but like, that's just not where our heart is, you know? And like, I love fashion for me and I love looking cute, but I really want to like grow this community and, and pour into that. And I love that, you know, you, you went with your natural skill set to be, to begin with, and then you received the call. Because so often we get these signs or Mm. we get these calls or we get these people telling us that we're great at something and it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I know, or I don't have the time for that. And yes, I, and that you actually took that, those signs and put them into action. Yeah. And also like, I mean, Sabrina would be familiar to this because we both follow this girl called Lacey, um, Lacey Phillips, who does, you know, these coaching programs. Yeah. Do you know her too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I, not as well as you. Yeah. So she would call them like pings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we get these, just <laughs> these natural, um, emotional, internal compass guidance that tell you like, okay, now go here. And you have the option to follow that or not and depending on whether or not you do that leads you to then okay the next thing and you're like okay now do this Mm -hmm. and next thing you know you're just like perfectly aligned yeah it's just listening to those intuitive hits and just actually because a lot of the time we like brush it aside we're like oh that's like a weird feeling i'm just gonna ignore that yeah um but when you do follow them yeah it takes you to magical places and then you feel calm within that drive because often as you know someone who has their own business it can feel like you're frantic or you're or you're reaching or the next thing or i gotta stay afloat versus just being like still and confident within where you're at. I mean, that's something that, you know, some people might have to work on, but also reflect, like, how do you feel about what you're doing, what you're putting out there? Does it feel frantic? Yeah. Does it feel frantic or does it feel just like right? Yeah. And I know that for me personally, I've always been able to tap into that on a professional level, Mm. um, just in terms of like the calls and things leading to me, you know, that that helped me go somewhere and then somewhere else. And it doesn't feel calculated, but I know that what I'm putting out there is, you know, calling something in. And I've joked and I'm like, if only I could tap into that for relationships <laughs> but it's important Same to here. feel <laughs> I know. we're all looking at each other like yeah, yep. uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's like it's nice to know what the heck that even feels like 
So then you know where you don't have it. Because if you don't have it anywhere, that might just be your norm. Like even, you know, eating a shit diet and your norm is just feeling like garbage and low energy and Mm -hmm. not even realizing how good you can feel. So knowing what alignment feels in one area of your life should help you in theory. (laughs) You know? It it does. I think it pours over in it. Like the more you grow like your self-worth and your confidence in one area, it does translate into others. So some patterns are harder to break yeah. Yeah. yeah you know I don't know that it does because no? I don't know I um I don't know that it does um naturally right yeah I think that based on where we were wounded most mm-hmm. um as a child we have um more ease in certain areas for sure do you know what I mean yeah um, and yeah, there's certain of the of the lacy stuff. Like I've never even looked at the love one, you yeah. know, until like last this weekend. I just and started. I just started. Yeah. It's crazy, and it really, it really is bringing up a lot that I've like pushed to the side. And I think that I grew in a lot of other areas that yeah. now I have yeah. the confidence to be able to look at that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Because before there was no way. Like it was too triggering. It was. I was it exactly. was heavy and it was painful. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, I can I can hold this pain. Exactly. You know, and look at it. So. But then you still have to do the work. You still have to do the work. <laughs> but that's huge that you you understood that process yeah. of yeah. kind of building yourself up in other areas and then kind of gearing up to say, okay, now I'm ready. Yeah. And um, I used to say my pain was my power, and I've said it here mm-hmm. before. And then I realized, you know, I, I I knew that at a certain level that I didn't I didn't like that anymore because that meant that I was holding on to my pain. Mm. And so it's like you want to use it, but then you want to like let it go, shed it. So then the other day, I just heard that your pain and your wounds provide the portal for growth. Mm, I was like, I love that. oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Wherever you're being triggered, wherever the pain is, it's like you go in there and you bring you bring light into your shadows, and you're able to transmute it. Yeah. And then bring it into the light. But and those also, like, the biggest blessings come behind like our biggest triggers and our biggest fears. So, what <laughs> were <What's> yours? yours? <laughs> <laughs> My biggest fears? Yeah. Either girl. triggers. Yeah. Or struggle. Or lay it um, on us. Can you pinpoint? Yes. Woo! Y'all have time. <laughs> um, so this is like a recent realization, a recent breakthrough for me. I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods, went to predominantly white schools, had predominantly white friends. And um, I recently realized how much that led to me overcompensating Um, and entering a space with a need to prove myself, with a need to dress better, to dance better, to be the loudest, um, just so I can show that I deserve to be there. And so um, that was like a, a good, like my entire life, really. So the other day I had a realization that like, wow, like that meant that I've walked through my entire life with a notion that just showing up as myself isn't enough. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So um, right now what I'm currently working on um, unpacking and healing is just like this need for acceptance of others and this need to prove myself um, and really kind of on self-acceptance in general and just being okay with 
being here and and not having to take up that much space and not having to do something whimsical and magical for people to love me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just you. Just me. That's that's the biggest uh, struggle, I think, for, for a lot of people, yeah. a lot of women, a lot of just anyone in general. It's it's what for whatever reason we have these blocks and these beliefs, but it's like we're all trying to be something like perfect, something acceptable, and it's like we can just be ourselves with the flaws, and yeah. that's okay. You don't expect anyone around you to be perfect. Yeah. You know, why do you expect yourself? And and yeah, like that. I mean, for you, it ended up being like, you know, going forward, going out there, it probably bought, it brought you a lot of good as well. Yeah. So you're be, you were being like validated almost. Yeah. So it's hard to even break those patterns mm-hmm. when they're actually being rewarded. And I think like realizing and having compassion for my younger self, just, and this is where like the human mind and body is fucking phenomenal, but like doing that as a kid, um, when you're different is a survival mechanism. It's literally just so you can feel loved and accepted. Um, Oh, I'm getting emotional. And so understanding that my younger self was doing that to protect me and allowing my current self to shed that, you know? Yeah. And to really just kind of step into myself. I love, thank you for sharing yeah. mm-hmm. that. Thank you so and much. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people. <laughs> and I know that whenever we take that time to kind of reflect on our younger self, the two, three-year-old, six, into, you know, the young, young ages, yeah. you feel, it always, I find, stirs up emotions because you feel like proud of that little one that you didn't even know how strong she was mm-hmm. and no one taught her and laid it out and you know she it was internal and and you did that because that's the little girl that you were and it served you for that time and now as we all step into this awakening period of our lives we do need to go back and you know i felt so typical when i started therapy years ago um haven't been for many years but when I was going there I was like oh my gosh you know first first session okay tell me about your childhood and you're like fuck (laughs) you know (laughs) but it's true and so now I find it taps into it makes you feel like nurturing at this age because you feel like all of a sudden like you want to take care of that little girl Mm. and you want to be like you did it and you got me to where I need to be today and now I want to look back and hold you and take care of you and you know the issues that you faced those are deeply rooted deeply 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 rooted in society and history Mm. and it's like like you were saying even in terms of your DNA it's like you were you were brought into this world with a certain DNA and wiring and then depending on you know your uh, surroundings and the social stories and the constructs and everything that you know is around you you that you're facing is it's it's huge and I know that many people that you know I've spoken to have gone through similar situations and you know this 
they need to feel like they need the fancy briefcase and they need the fancy outfit. Yeah. And because they're not enough, they're not enough, they're not enough. And I was just listening to um, a, a masterclass with Sharon Stone mm. um, and how when she started out, she was memorizing all the lines and doing all the things and her acting coach was like, embody it, like just, just show up, sleep mm. on it. You're trying too hard. You're mm. trying you're trying and that's the thing is it's like what is the balance because we all want to try you want to mm-hmm. you, you want to commit yourself and apply yourself and you it does feel good to try mm-hmm. but you then you need to be the person who you are without the trying yeah and with and i think that whenever you get into an awakening period you want to strip yourself down you want to take off you know literally any kind of designer label and 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 just get to the root of who mm. you are without anyone else's roles and and what they've put on you. Mm. And I'm, um, you know, to I'm, break down those boundaries yeah. Yeah. and to rewire yourself is going to, like, pave this incredible route and, like, what you will be able to teach your son. Oh, yeah. What I'm sure you're already teaching. Oh, my God. And just by being the woman that you are, you know, and going through that, and that's the thing about being self-aware and Mm. doing this kind of work. You know, we we were talking about living consciously, Mm. you know, and what does that mean other than being aware but also, you know, being committed to your soul's evolution. Yeah. And, like, that's what you're doing, and that's, like, the best gift you can give him for sure. sure. And I was wondering, how did you... So you're you're dealing with all these, you know, struggles and these like beliefs, you know, like about yourself and always putting a lot in to sort of prove yourself. When what did you do to sort of shift that? Do you have any self-love practices? Like what happened there that you were able because you said you recently realized this. Like what have you been kind of doing to yeah. sort of heal that? Do you have any um, insight? The I mean, apart from doing the work, (laughs) (laughs) the deep work, the deep work, like the shadow work and the journaling and the praying and all that yummy stuff in terms of like practical tips for people who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what did you actually do? Um, I, and this ties back to Lacey, I started stepping into my worth and just like saying literally no to anything or anybody that didn't feel like a hundred percent yes. Um, whether that's friendships, whether that's clients, I let go of so many clients, literally like (laughs) I literally am taking one out for coffee next week so I can like mend that relationship because people don't, (laughs) people don't understand. And like, it had to be, I had to be like radically, brutally selfish and, um, it seems like it's personal to other people when really it's like, nah, be like, this is really about me. And this is really about me just trying to heal. So I let go of clients. I let go of friends. Um, I, I marched into my employer's office and I demanded a salary raise um, that was significantly higher than what I was earning. And it wasn't like, I had to tell her like, this isn't a negotiation. Um, This is, this is, it's this or I'm out. Damn, I love it. And 
she was like, okay, it's that. And she gave me even a little bit more than what I asked for. Oh my God. Um, Congrats. I had to, I'm, I'm like, like, what were it. you wearing that yeah. day? As much as I'm like stripped down and it's not about what you're wearing. I'm just like picturing. I want to picture it. I was probably wearing like a fucking hoodie. I literally was, I'm not even joking. I love like, it. Oh my God. I it was off. your energy. It was you my just energy. Went in there. It was my exactly. energy. And this is like, I'm not even joking. This is in the, in the span of two months. Um, a client came to me and I was like, she had initially come to me two years ago and I had charged her like a fraction and she still was like, Oh, sorry, I can't afford you. Mm-hmm. And she came back to me and she's like, Hey, listen, like business is struggling. Like, um, are you still doing, um, consulting? I literally quadrupled my price and I was like, this is what I'm charging you. And it's nothing less. And she was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I cut off this guy that I had such a great connection with, but that I, ultimately was feeling like he just wasn't that into it yeah. and he was just tapping into my energy because it yes. made me feel good um mm. so energy vampires so in terms of practical tips it's really that it's like i literally was Boundaries. like everything in my life that is not making me feel yeah. like the million fucking dollars i am yeah. is leaving yeah like l- I'm picturing like you shoving stuff off of your train and the train <laughs> is going full speed ahead. Dude. The more you speak up, the more confidence you build, the more resilience you build. Cause often we're not scared of what the outcome will be after we speak up. It's the emotions that we have to deal with that are going to be too hard for us to face. So yeah. like if you're an artist, it's not like, Oh, someone's not going to like it. It's like, they're not going to like it, then I'm going to feel embarrassed, yeah. shameful. I want to avoid that feeling, like so me I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to either speak up exactly. So I, you know, this is a brand new thing for me in terms of how to see speaking up. And I just want to, you know, yell it loud. I'm always, Sabrina knows, like driven for the kids, <laughs> you know, and I want to tell like all the young kids like and, and mothers, like that's why you teach your kids to speak up because it does build confidence mm-hmm. and, and emotional resilience. Yeah. Um, but often we end up in our twenties and thirties and, you know, we say it, we've, it's soul crushing and you know to, that when to, you to don't speak yourself? up to betray yourself, it's soul Ugh, crushing. There's nothing worse. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's, I know I'm, I'm thinking about our last episode. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it's very heart wrenching. And I think that, I don't know, maybe it's like our generation that, we have a really hard time with it. I feel like the younger kids. You don't want to rock them, the boat. Yeah, they're like very comfortable just saying what they want, saying what they like, I what mean, they don't like. In I relationship, like Generation Z. Yeah, bro, I don't know that the world is ready for them. Is ready for them. You're I really don't like. <laughs> I don't know, and it's funny because we were talking about that with my friend who had a meeting with, because um, we work in community and with government, and she had a meeting with like a few government officials and. Um, she was saying that they're just like talking this lingo and this jargon and this, and then like this, this our, our other friend in the room just interrupted all of them and just be like, are you guys ready? Like, mm. you don't seem like you're ready for what the fuck is coming right now. You have a generation <laughs> of militants that are going to take you the fuck down. Like institutions, governments, retailers, all of them. Yep. It's fucking crazy. So I yes, to it. your point, like Gen Z, I don't know what the fuck they're cooking what yeah. the fuck they're smoking yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's naturally like an evolution of our, our like it just sure. shows our collective right awakening yeah, because we're much more aware and conscious than our parents are you absolutely. Know what I, mean? I know well even for you like i feel like you know i'm 36 now and it's only the last 
you know, year that I've like super, it was, it was, it was gradual, you know, and then, then it sometimes takes a spike, right? So it was, it it kicked it off. And now on that, on that note, in Mm -hmm. terms of Generation Z, what is your potential superpower, your unique quality that, you know, you, your, your cape, you know, what, what, what do you put your superhero boots on? And like, what do you own? What's that thing about you? Yeah. That kind of like helped you on your... Journey. And you might have mentioned it, but it's that spin no, of... I actually just like pinpointed it the other day. Oh, I, I like think that. So while growing up in predominantly white neighborhoods um, affected my self-acceptance, what it also allowed me to do and introduced me to doing is navigate both worlds so fluidly. So I am equally comfortable. Literally, you can throw me in like Kazakhstan and I can work the room. Um, So what that now allows me to do is hold space and conversations um, and bring people together. Do you know what I mean? It's people who would have never, ever, ever met, who would have never taken the time to conversate, who come from different walks of life, but I'm ultimately able to bring them to my dinner table, literally, um, and have a conversation. And so where that, um, that goes into like what we're doing next with, um, we're launching a project with my new partner, Sophie, called Versus, which is going to be a dialogue project. And it is essentially, so right now we're doing all these like female spaces, which is wonderful and great. And like, yes, female apartment, whoop to do the next step for me is really um, there are certain conversations that in order for society to actually change um, and in order for real social impact to happen need to include um, both genders, one. But then also from a strictly civic and democratic standpoint, there are a lot of social issues that we are not talking about mm-hmm. as a society. Mm-hmm. Whether it's institutionalized racism, whether mm-hmm. it's indigenous rights, whether it's Bill 21, you name it, we're not talking. So how do we bring people who are completely polarized mm-hmm. in their values and in their thinking into a space and facilitate that conversation and facilitate that collective healing. Um, Not in like a spiritual way, but literally in like a, let's talk, you know what I mean? So I do think that like my sweet spot is really that, it's that I've really, my, my soul has journeyed both worlds parallelly. Um, And now my dream is really to kind of bring people together and affect social change at that level. That's so beautiful. I like want to clap because like I've seen you like in action and that is like by far for sure like the thing that you're so good at and it shows that you went through all the struggles that you've gone through to be able to develop these skills and Mm -hmm. the superpowers so that you can shine your light and like help elevate the fucking world. You know what I mean? Like it's so exciting. Like, I'm so, I can't wait. Thank and you. You've, you've yeah. built that platform on 
compassion and empathy and understanding. And I'm sure that that is even physically felt when people step in. And sometimes maybe, you know, people might come in with their armor on or they might be a little jittery. And I just, I'm certain that you kind of ease the space so that everybody does feel welcome. Everybody, everybody, everybody yeah. from every background, every color, every experience. Yeah. And on your Instagram, you know, I, you wrote human <laughs> experience designer, <laughs> community builder, change seeker. And this is just a beautiful example of how you've wrapped all that up in a, in a bow for positive change. Mm. And, you know, you will be a role model to the younger generation. Thank you. Not even to a younger generation, all generations. I'm inspired. Thank you. I um, take that. And, uh, and you know, as a, as a kid, did you have role models outside of your family or was it any family members? Because I know that um, especially, you know, I know that it helps as a young child to be able to see yourself mm -hmm. in people in certain positions and roles. And that's why it's so important to have a black Spider-Man mm -hmm. and a black president, you know, and, and slowly, slowly, slowly yeah. these things are happening. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've spoken to, you know, older white men who don't quite get it. They're yeah. like, what's the big deal? And yeah. it's like, well, because you've always seen yourself in these positions yeah, and, really. you know, so who did you have a role model when you were young? Do you even remember? Yeah. Um, um, so in terms of, I have r different role models for different things. So role model, like traditionally, actually I'll start with my parents because my parents really, um, my mom founded a woman's club in like, when did they get here? In like 1995. Um, so her and her African f women would get together and talk and exchange. Um, my father as well. This isn't new to us, though. Like community is a, a it's yeah. like a new buzzword in the West, um, but on the other side of the world, we thrive off of that. Yeah. We need that. So my parents moving here brought that with them, um, and really, really invested time, energy, resources in creating space for new arrivals. Was it new arrivals? <laughs> <laughs> for new arrivals. To um, retail. <laughs> background, new arrivals. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, for new arrivals. And my siblings and I grew up on that. My parents were the ones who hosted at least once a week, minimum. Like literally like minimum. Once a week, I think, was little. We hosted dinner. We um, Dinner. We hosted Christmas. We hosted Thanksgiving. We hosted our home was literally the home where people gathered and came to. And my parents were um, pioneers in that sense. So I definitely got my sense of community um, or love for community and um, gathering from them. And then other than that, Oprah, man. I know. Oprah, I, I mean, people, I bet, I bet. <laughs> it's like, it's become like a, a joke for my friends, Literally, my friends, my, anybody who knows me knows how obsessed I was um, about Oprah, and I still really am. Yeah. But for me, she is the embodiment of someone who was able to break past barriers, cultural, 
racial, you name it, and unite people to have conversations and to talk about shit that wasn't being spoken about. Oprah was talking about fucking energy 20 years ago um, when nobody had any idea what that meant. So for me, um, for this next chapter in my life, I realized how much of an influence she had for me. And, and I think as a young girl, I was, I was like, wow, like she has like all these white women and black women and like white guests and black guests and Asian guests and indigenous guests. And so in everything that I do and, and anybody who works with me knows it's I always try to incorporate that in that. And Steph and I always used to say that at every single one of our events that with a name like female department, it's important that every single person who identifies as a woman comes into one of our spaces and can relate to who's talking at all times. So, yeah, my parents, Oprah. <laughs> and it's that, it, that, that's, you know, very, very moving. I'm like, <laughs> I think we might be sitting with the next Oprah. <laughs> Save this podcast. <laughs> and, but, but it's that ability to see that, you know, I, uh, once when I was in Jamaica, the cab driver, it was the last thing he dropped us off at the airport and he was just like, the blood runs red. Mm. And that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's humanity. And, and I think the beautiful thing Uh, when you were talking before about the events and and bringing people together, you come from a place, like you come from your heart. And I think like even just going to your friends giving dinner party, um, everyone, like the conversation around the table, it wasn't wasn't surface, it wasn't gossip. It Mm. really was, let's share our like deepest stories of transformation actually that night was really like, what have you learned this year? What are you overcoming? And like everyone opened up. That's why I felt so like blessed to be there because that's, that's like that's life right like that connection that you get and you realize that everyone is going through similar things even if you're not going through you know a lot of the the women there were mothers I've never been I'm not a mother but there was parts of their stories that I really connected with and and likewise like we were all sharing and I think that's the magic right Mm. is creating spaces that open up people's hearts to connection and to growth with people that literally or else you're not going to talk to yeah it's so easy to stay surrounded by people who look like us all the time and it's not especially as we grow older like you're not making any fucking new friends do you know what i mean you're not you're not actively going to school with anybody i'm like i <laughs> yeah. i love making new friends it's like my favorite thing I'm like, honestly yes but i, but I mean it's like you don't have no, like harder, institutions yeah. that bring us together as you get older mm-hmm. to like communicate and to meet people that's why i feel so grateful for eccentrics and hosting um, live trainings Mm. where there might be 25 predominantly, you know, women Mm -hmm. who come in and a lot of them are over, you know, 60 years old Mm. and they've committed themselves to this weekend of learning and and exercise and everyone, you know, no one knows what they're about to get into. And it was started by going around. We've done this for years now, going around and everyone tells their story and it just creates a space of sharing and and, you know, because you can't, your eyes see first. Mm. You can't help that. It's you not even like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to judge. It's like, this is perception. This yeah. is how it's working. Um, so sometimes you need to work a little harder to see beyond the first impression. Um, but to create these spaces, and like you, I'm so grateful. And like you with your platform, so grateful to have these opportunities to meet people. And then once you start doing that through these live events or through, you know, 
people like you who host these events, you start to meet people yeah. and then that just ripples you into the next thing and the mm-hmm. next thing. And then all of a sudden there's no looking back. Yeah. You're like, I can't just like go to that bar or do that thing. Like that's not aligned with my yeah. purpose. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't just go out if I'm not going to learn and grow. Yeah. And that, I know? just had this conversation on my way here. My friend was saying how like, <laughs> She was connecting with old friends over the weekend and um, she's like, my gosh, like the, the conversations were, were superficial and you know, the girl's like, oh, look, this is the Porsche I'm getting. And she was like, oh my God, I haven't had one of those conversations in so <laughs> long that like, I think and I haven't either. So I don't even know how I would react. I don't even know how I, how I would react in like surface, like small talk did spaces. You, did you ever have that point where it was that you were in those environments and you shifted and like it was lonely because I know oh for me God. when I quit drinking I was like so alone oh for like God, the longest yes. time and I was like I'm such a freak I don't know how to have fun I don't know I don't have any friends and like I'm alone 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 and it, it is very isolating to kind of like have that awakening you totally know? and like I come from a lot of um, the I mean I went to Marinopolis so um, so did I me too. did you we all did <laughs> you went to Marinopolis yeah but it was like the old Marinopolis me too. Yeah. yeah yeah wow that's so funny <laughs> wow that's a Driven? fun fact yeah we can share I mean I'll just like hi- hijack that story for yeah, one second the first year that I was in I was in health science and it was me too for a day I never I don't thrive, I switched up I don't thrive in a competitive atmosphere yeah, I didn't like I'm competitive with myself but yeah. I don't thrive in a place. Same. It doesn't lift me up. It makes me small. Yeah. So I, I got too. the fuck out of me there. Too. I, was After like, I did two I was days. Like, yeah. I was and like, I why went, do I okay. need a tutor in every yeah. single yeah. topic? Yeah. Felt lost. Felt, yeah. oh my gosh. And then I switched. To, for me, it was social because yeah. I've always been Same. into psychology and education. Yeah. And then I was just like, Oh, I can I can learn and also like I can enjoy enjoy. enjoy it. Yeah, that was the first time I realized I could enjoy going to school. I was like, what? This is they wanted you to have fun? Like it was crazy. I am um, I hung out on the porch. That I knew was, you were yeah, about to say I was that. a porch oh, I, I, I was a I'm porch a new girl campus smoking. Girl. I'm a new baby. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, you were on the new I'm one. The new, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. I was yeah. the porch and I DJed yeah. the cafeteria. I didn't hang out in the cafeteria because oh. I was too cool. But yeah. I did yeah. I did have a DJ. Oh my gosh. We might have just missed each yeah, other. I Although so. I was there for three years because of all my switching around. Um, That's so, so funny. Oh, so maybe we had a little overlap. I bet we did. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I wish I smoked so I could go out on the porch. But <laughs> I wasn't a smoker. And I hadn't <laughs> built up my confidence like I had today. Was the porch I, for the cool kids? It was. The porch? Yeah. No, it was for the smokers. The smokers. Which so, I thought were like the yeah. cool kids. Oh, it was like that was the only. It was kids from all social groups. Uh, the, the one thing they had in common was trying to destroy themselves <laughs> with cigarettes. So I am. Um, yeah that's the only place I would make friends because it's the only place I would hang out and that's the best conversation starter for a very shy person was hey do you have a cigarette or like hey do you have a lighter I know looking back I'm like I couldn't get past it it's so funny because I still feel like those were kind of my people Mm. but since I didn't smoke I was never in that environment Mm. but um, it was like the rebels and like the bad kids you know and I was like oh I finally found my place (laughs) oh my god so So young you feel like such babies when you look back I mean the other day I was like I met someone they're like oh um I just graduated Monopolis I was like me too and like what year and I was like oh yeah uh 2009 <laughs> i didn't realize it was fucking 10 years ago but what i was saying was that uh, i went to yeah. <laughs> i went to marinopolis so i mean as you may know but a lot of my friends at marinopolis were 
filthy rich. Yeah. Like mm. I had filthy rich friends. I did. Um, and I mean, I come from a modest background. My parents had money, but like I wasn't driving a Porsche to school. I wasn't yeah. driving a BMW to school. Very far from it. Um, yeah, that was crazy. That school was nuts. The, the cars that kids, now that I think dude, about it, I wasn't hanging out with really... I mean, yeah. like I had kids pull up in Ferraris. Like yeah. It's next level. Wow. Um, so growing up in that and like befriending these people and growing up with them essentially because I stayed friends with, I mean, I'm still good friends with like my core group um, of like three friends that I, that I carried over with me. But getting out of that mm-hmm. was particularly hard because... Um, like that's that these are the friends that you have now and they have money and 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 you have to prove yourself and the conversations that they had and like they would go to miami for new mm-hmm. years and i was like oh, i'm just gonna chill here don't worry about me mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's I got was, like her tit out her keyboard yeah. out she's like yeah literally i was like yeah i'll be right here i'll be yeah, right here plan to be the next oprah no big deal no big deal so yes to to your question yeah. um I lost a lot of friends and even like high school friends because at a certain point you can't fake it, man. I know. You really can. And like, it's really like, it would destroy me every time I went to like a bar and had small talk. I would want to actually kill myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you realize that like your, like your time, you're investing your energy and then you're, you're either kind of burning, burning that or it's coming back to you in a certain way. Yeah. So we can give so much and then realize that we're just like emptying Literally. our supply. So you want to kind of like, fill if, your and cup. if you do empty, make sure you find that way to fill it again. Um, I know that have, I, I when, when you were talking about your self, self-assessment, yeah. you know, your skill sets, I, I love that because I always did that, but not just me. I did that with guidance counselors. Mm. And ever since I was a little, little girl, I had such a hard time figuring out yeah. where to go, what direction to take. I took vocational tests every step of the way mm. high school i knew the guidance counselor well sejep knew the guidance counselor well mcgill knew the guidance counselor well <laughs> i was i went to, into psychology at yeah. mcgill and everyone else outside of the guidance counselor's office was like straight a's needed to figure out exactly what course to get to get into law school yeah. i was like bitch get out of the way i'm <laughs> the only one with real problems i actually here. don't know where i'm I actually going don't know <laughs> I'm the one with guidance. (laughs) And, you know, the vocational test would always bring back some kind of um, helping profession, whether it be like a nurse or like a clown or a (laughs) monk. Oh, my God. I wish you were But like, I really think clown was on there. I really, really, really remember clown being on there. And oh, my God. Now I'm just realizing the second at Eccentric, sometimes when we have big retreats, I often like go out first and we joke about me like juggling on stage like, hey, guys. I'm like. Oh my God, I am a clown so no, teacher. But um, so it's, it's just interesting. I love, I love trying to put it out there that like everyone can do that themselves. Mm. And there's so many quizzes online. My gosh, I just even did that like language of love quiz yeah. online. But it's kind of nice to just even journal about it and, and, and be free and not feel shy. Because as women, sometimes it's hard for us to really step into what we're good at yeah. and even receive compliments. It's kind of like you have to compliment yourself, which is what self-love is, is complimenting yourself. And then I... Notice like, how I, I just nodded when you guys gave me compliments. That was a real practice for me. <gasps> yes, see, it's Ooh, to accept. I'm not, like my entire system was like, God, please it's, stop. It's hard. It's but I was just really like, thank hard. you. I accept that. Because yeah. if by Oof. accepting it, 
you're you're honoring that, but you're also honoring how I see you, how Sabrina sees you, how somebody else sees you yeah. instead of dismissing it, which is also dismissing their reality. Yeah. Like, wait a second. No, but I do see this in you and you are good at this. And yeah. by saying no, 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 it's like, well, now are you telling me that what I perceive because is not true? And you'll accept the, you were, we were just talking before we started recording about criticism and you mm. were like able to, you're like, I love it. I yeah. love it. It gets, it helps me get better. Like you're receiving that, yeah. but you, we have to do the but same. What does it for, say if I'm much more comfortable mm-hmm. receiving feedback than compliments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? We all are, I think. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. of us. I mean, some of us know actually. It's I think, like, it's, it's, I think that, it's an awareness thing. Yeah. I think once you're conscious, you're very, we tend to be hard on ourselves and, and it's it's really relearning that gentleness, that like acceptance of mm. help, like you were saying, and the re- receiving of like nice things. Yeah. It's but once we start with ourselves, it's easier also to to receive from for others. sure. And we're all yeah. so driven by those damn self fulfilling prophecies, right? So if you're thinking small thoughts about yourself, that's what you're going to keep seeing and receiving easily. That's what's in line. Literally. So you need to kind of you know first set that up and then line everything else will will line up in the right way. Picture yeah. like these dominoes in the right direction. <laughs> Little dominoes of a heart shaped. That first domino. But like back to your um, answering it yourself. I think like there's, yeah. there's certain key questions that yeah. people can ask themselves. Like something as simple as like, what brings me joy? Do you know what I mean? Like what am I doing? When I'm, when I'm my hap- at my happiest, what am I doing? Who am I with? Yeah. You and know, just like envisioning that and kind of allowing yourself to go there in your mind. Exactly. My favorite question for that is also just asking people or a, like ask yourself if you had all the money in the world, like what would you be doing right mm, now? And mm-hmm. just like visualize that life and like what you're doing on a daily basis. And yeah. I think that is really in, in brings light to what your true passion is. Yeah. You know, and I'm so happy. I'm like, I think it's like really what I'm doing. I'm like, I just be I making more ask money. You guys. So yeah, what do you, what what came? Let's yeah. take what came to your mind when Sabrina said that. If you had yeah. all the money in the world, I'd serve. Yeah, is there a, per, a certain population? Um, as much as we just said, you're so good at bringing together yeah. all types I mean, I and all like, kinds. I feel like is before a, it was very much it was like woman was the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like now I'm I'm being drawn um, to community in general and just like the like community work. There are so many, and I, I mean I can go off on a tangent here, but I will keep it short. <laughs> it can be a two part series. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people doing amazing things in this world to literally um, save us, whether it's like to save our democracy, to save our earth, um, to save our water. Like there's so many people in a nonprofit sector doing so many good things. And one of my biggest realizations in the big career shift that I made in the last year is I went from offering my marketing and brand knowledge to the corporate sector for, yeah, to the corporate sector and just like reorienting that to the nonprofit sector. And literally like, and this is, I say this in all modesty, if my team's listening, we've literally transformed the organization just by me being like, I'm not pouring into the, like 
Aldo doesn't need my yeah. my knowledge. They're going to be just fine without me. I'm going to take an organization that can actually use this. So I'm really passionate about the community sector um, and serving them. I'm really passionate about um, serving organizations at large and really reinventing um, the meaning of work um, and what it means to work and finding purpose in your work, even if it's just nine to five and how corporations can be super intentional about that. I mean, there's so many things. I okay. love it. It's 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 really in line with what you're doing. So that's really beautiful. On Thank that you. note, yes. Where are you going? What's next for you? Okay, so next for me is obviously continuing um, female department and growing that, but also, as I said, exploring my hundreds of other not hundreds like my other passions. So um, I have the Versus Project, which is like the civil dialogue project. Um, and then I'm also starting a social impact consulting firm um, with a partner, so Sophie, that I mentioned. And that's kind of been super interesting and um, a really nice evolution of everything that I've been doing. And it's funny because earlier this year, I wrote down when I was making my lists, I had put down start social project start new social project or business question mark question mark question mark and then i just realized the other day i'm like holy shit i'm starting the new question the new like it just like magically i love when you forget about oh, the things that you're fuck. asking the universe for and then they suddenly come and you're like oh shit this no, was on my girl, list you have no idea this year has been <laughs> such a huge manifestation yeah. for me it's like where where that came from where you wanted it from was like so true mm -hmm. because Often, if it does come from that true place, you can forget about it because you're not attached like, to the you're outcome. Not, yes, and it's not like outside of you; it's inside of you, and you can forget. And then it comes, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, I really put it out there from the truest, truest, truest place." And you, you know, your line of work is also fueling you as a person. And as you reinvent what you do, you know on the in the workplace you know I don't want to even say that it's reinventing you because that makes it sound like this huge transformation mm -hmm. whereas often it is those those subtle increments those subtle changes um, but I I did I do like that you've, you that you said re reinvent because I find that you know Sabrina's doing that too with her you know mission drive mm -hmm. platform community um, reinventing kind of what it means to even connect to your body, your self-love, reinventing what, you know. We're always in movement. Sexuality. Yeah. Sexuality. For, for me, I'm driven by, you know, reinventing what, what even fitness can feel like mm. and what it means through eccentrics. Um, that's what our kind of platform is, is trying to help people understand that mental shift within something that is so body driven mm. it is also very mental um that's so true i really think like just a side note yeah. and tangent that developing um fitness really helped me develop discipline in all areas of my life and learning how to push my body past um the pain comfort and comfort comfort and mm. just kind of leaning into this idea that your muscles stretch or like your muscles kind of lean into themselves 
by stretching them. And once you push pack, push past like the initial pain, discomfort, yeah, it like it the the mold the change exactly. Change that's where happens. like that's change where the change happens. happens. Change yeah. happens. It's not by doing the same thing over and over again because then you re- yeah. you reach the plateau, right? So yeah. it's like pushing a little bit, a little yeah. bit, not going too far and breaking, yeah. you know, like hurting yeah. yourself, but just. And it's that it is it is a discipline, and I look back and how I was raised, and I was always in swim team every mm. every morning, twice a day during the summers, especially, and that I think created this this self-talk and mm-hmm. this pushing through. And now I always talk about it um, on my bike. Like sometimes you'd need to have like that physical push in the time. I wonder of, you're a crazy rider. Of, of like, <laughs> yeah, that time that Danny Joe almost <laughs> ran me over in the middle of the night. Um, I can't but, believe that was the same day, guys. That's like, so funny. But that physical push. and But that being said, sometimes we are also so ingrained to think that something has to be so hard. Mm. That something has to be so hard that fit, you know, that to to work out it needs to hurt and yeah. you need to push past it's the hurt. But it's also being comfortable in the gentleness mm. of it and understanding how like you can actually care for your body and your mind and get to extreme places of growth mm. and that actually by surrendering and relaxing literally either your physical muscles or your mind you can reach to new places that you wouldn't have if you were just pushing and resisting the whole time Mm. so now where can people find you and all of your beautiful events and energy oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) um so at danny double i Couple underscore Joe. Danny Joe was taken by the jewelry brand. <laughs> um, and then at female underscore department um, for my everyday work at Apathy is Born. It's have, so funny. So many like ads. Can I just show you my lip gloss, <laughs> my lip balm? Yeah. I'm like so representing right now. <laughs> Apathy is Boring, the t shirt. What does it say? It's the vote. Um, Apathy is boring. She literally has a vote from a, from an event that <laughs> that you hosted. It was such a beautiful event. Thank you. Your like public speaking also is like so inspiring. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I no, like, thank you. Just thank practice, you. You. practice receiving compliments. Thank I'm gonna keep giving you. them to you. So much. Um, with them. Okay. So three places: Daddy Joe, Female Department, Apathy is boring. Yes. And then versus soon. Versus soon. And so check it out. And I thank you for coming here. Thank you you for stirring up this conversation. I know that. Thank you for your vulnerability uh, and for sharing like your heart with us. This is this is only the beginning, and I really can't wait to see what the next stage is for you. Thank you, and you ladies too. Thanks for tuning in, hanging out, and being part of this self love journey with us. We're in this together. Help us spread self-love by taking a selfie and letting us know how you practice self-love or by sharing something that inspired you from this episode. Be sure to share it in your stories, tagging at Lingerie with the hashtag BedTalksByAliceCass so we can repost you. If you love the message and want to support, be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Bed Talks is a WRG media production recorded in the historic RCA building in St. Henry, Montreal. See you next time for more Bed Talks with your girls, Megan Sabrina.